Hey, all you intrepid architects out there. If you believe design can change the world, then you've found your humans here on this show, Architecting. My name is Angela Mazzi, and I'm an architect and career coach who's figured out how to live my passion while claiming a successful architecture career and lifestyle. This show is about the architect as a person and will help you bypass the status quo traps in our profession while teaching you how to make an impact in your career. We need to stand in our power as architects and use our skills to make great places. If you're with me, let's get architecting. are bright lights. I hope you are having an amazing day today and that you are speaking your truth in love and able to conduct all of your business in complete integrity because that just feels so good, right? Whether something is challenging or not, we can always get through it when we know we're doing the right thing when we know we are being in the highest and best service to all involved. And that's why today I wanted to talk about ethics. And we all know as architects that we have a duty to make sure that we are considering the health, safety, and welfare of those who will inhabit spaces that we design. And I wanted to kind of break down those terms, health, safety, and welfare, a little bit further today because it clearly is about so much more than just following the life safety code. Health, and safety and welfare are about helping people be their best selves in our spaces. So where does the responsibility for experience lie? Especially as more and more research shows us that the environments we are immersed in can affect performance, health outcomes, state of emotions. So where does the line stop with what we need to do? And currently, there isn't a building inspector who is going to make any attempt to judge experience when they are looking at a project or a plan reviewer issuing the permit. But What about ethics? What about the fact that we know people need certain things from their space? What about the fact that we can look at populations who'll be using our space and understand how what we're providing can create equity for them? or create more division and hierarchy for them. And I don't bring this up because I have all the answers and it certainly is not, at least yet, a regulated part of our work as architects. But I still think that we need to think about the tremendous responsibility we have not just to provide a building that meets the codes, 
not just to design something that looks cool, but to provide a space that enriches the people within it. And how do we do that? How do we set those parameters? And I think part of it is framing the discussion we have about design in a little bit different of a way. Often when we interface with clients, we look at goals that are related to performance or return on investment. And we, we are the ones who don't tie those goals back to decisions related to experience. So I wanted to challenge everyone today to take a look at one of your current projects and look at the goals that are stated for that project. Think about how those goals can be manifested in experience. So what is the answer to this? And I think the answer is to be really clear on our why, to have done our homework and our research we can no longer afford to adopt a because I said so approach to advocacy. We've got to show the cause and effect of one decision versus another. We've got to show why a decision will make a difference both in the short term and the long term. We've got to connect population health issues, planetary health issues, back to every single project. And while sometimes that can sound really lofty and impossible and you're thinking, you know, the scale of my project doesn't even apply. Can you do one thing? One small thing. The fact that you are taking a stand, taking action, that there's a different motivation above and beyond the practical reason that this project is going to be built that has a bigger story, that has greater impact. Because you see, when you are clear and you have goals that are tied to bigger issues and you have done your homework, what you're advocating is truth. It is authenticity. And when you speak the truth, not from a point of view of the supercilious person in their ivory tower who's going to make a lot of dictations about what someone should do and is disconnected, that's not going to work. Or you speak it as the firebrand who's going to make you wrong if you don't agree with them, also not going to work. But rather, you speak that truth from a place of love. The word love often gets misplayed, right? We think of love and we think of relationships that are romantic or close family ties. But if you really think about it, love is the motivating factor of everything we do. We care about other people, even ones we don't know, out of love. 
And love is the common denominator that connects us all. It is the most powerful energy. Scientists have actually studied the energy of different emotions and love is the most powerful energy. So when you speak your truth, which comes from having done your homework, having been clear, having valid connections among what the project's about and the bigger issues, in love, which means from a place of wanting to connect, wanting to reach out, wanting to be elevated, not blaming, not militant, not anti, but for the greater good. You will make a connection with your client and you can work cooperatively together to inject your projects with a layer of ethics that is sorely, sorely needed right now. And if you feel overwhelmed by any of this, just take some time to step away from feeling that things have to be a certain way or getting triggered or viewing it as a conflict or a struggle and think about how you could be coming from a place of generosity. You are giving not only the people who use the building something powerful back when you really think about health, safety, and welfare beyond codes, but you're also giving your client a gift. You're letting this project mean so much more than what they could have thought it would mean. And you have to show them that from a place of compassion, from a place of giving, of your knowledge, of your research, of showing them things they wouldn't know on their own, right? Architects often complain that we're becoming irrelevant or that contractors and owners reps are pushing us out of the way. And that's because for too long, our profession has focused on the compulsories. And you don't really necessarily need an architect for a lot of that stuff. But what I'm talking about here today, you do. You cannot bring these dimensions to a project. We need architects to bring this level of care and love to a project. This level of research into what will actually impact health, safety, and welfare beyond codes. Because it's one thing to talk the talk, it's another to actually create design that impacts these parameters. And that is where the magic of architecture lies, to touch people, to inspire them, to make a difference in their lives. No one else can do that. Thanks for listening today. I hope this has inspired you to practice a little bit differently and to think about health, safety, and welfare, which seem like really boring topics, a little bit differently and to understand how they are so deeply connected to design that makes a difference. As always, Please DM me with any questions or suggestions for show topics. I'm here for you. If you know a friend who could benefit from this content, who maybe is feeling a little 
dispirited about a project, send them this episode. Give them the chance to get reconnected and re-inspired and maybe get some good ideas for a fresh approach to what they're doing. Again, I want to remind you my new book, Time Builder, addresses kind of the underlying issues that often get in our way of having that fresh perspective, the energy to advocate, the feeling that you can take things on above and beyond the compulsories. I go into in this book all the reasons why we get stuck in ruts, all the reasons why we hold ourselves back from making bold moves like I'm talking about today. If you listened to this and it resonated with you, but you still feel stuck, please go to architectingpodcast.com. It is right on the front page. Click the link and get Time Builder. I'd love to know your thoughts. Heard back from a few people who have read it, and I'm hearing really good things that they were able to put some of the recommendations into action immediately, and they're starting to get more clarity that some of the exercises in the book are really eye-opening for them. And I want that for all of us. I want all of us to work together as a community to make the world a better place. And that starts with us. It starts with us being our best selves, being confident, being grounded, being clear, so we can make a difference for others. All right, take care for now. Love you all, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for being part of this episode of Architecting. If you enjoyed the show, join our community on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to keep up with what's in the show pipeline, including a behind-the-scenes look at my architecture lifestyle. Feel free to share your content ideas. Love to hear your feedback. You can also visit architectingpodcast.com to download free career content and learn about my classes, book, and coaching programs. Until next time, stay inspired.